This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 119. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me as always, my co-host, Adam Bell. Hey, Peter. How are you doing today? All in all, I'm feeling pretty good. Yep. Spring's around the corner. Um, It is in the, it's 74 degrees right now here in Medford, Massachusetts. And it's that's hot <laughs> for yeah. us. That's hot. Yesterday it was in the 60s when I went for my run. Um, still managed to do a 10k, and you know, it, it, I was in the high nines. Mm-hmm. But you know, for that heat, for the sudden tra- change from running in the 30s and 40s, that's to be expected. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was nice. The weather is finally bearable here, so my you know need to relocate to a southern climb has been slightly alleviated it is diminished yeah yeah I can a, we're at 81 climb. yeah 81 right but it's a dry heat oh wait no it's not no it's it? not <laughs> <laughs> what about, i don't remember i put you in touch with my friend steve i don't know did you guys ever connect he moved down there last year sometime yeah i think we both reached out and that was said hey and hey hey yeah yeah i i I, i'm not surprised i was just kind of curious because i was just thinking of him because i mentioned off you know before we started recording an old friend of mine had reached out to me and he was the one who had introduced us Uh but i was thinking about that and you know also thinking about my desire to you know pick up a second home in a different uh a different, not just different zip code, but different uh, longitude mm-hmm. or latitude. Lo- longitude goes the long way. Latitude. Long way, yep. latitude. Yeah. <laughs> latitude. Thank you. It's your um, changes in latitudes. Yes, changes in latitudes. So, um, <laughs> you know, so all this is back in mind. And then I'm thinking about you and how beautiful the weather must be right there. But I could do a, without some of that humidity. I got to find a nice sweet spot. So, Well, you kind of develop a thickness to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I like the cold up there. Like I couldn't stand the cold all the time, but you kind of right. you figured it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but by figure it out, you mean I want to move away from it. <laughs> yeah, it's figured out that I want to move away. Yeah, from yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so, I, yeah. I, I like it here. I like the climate. Tennessee's definitely home. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was okay when I was there. It's just like, I I don't like standing there and like in a pool of sweat where only half of it is actually sweat and half of it is like humidity from the ambient air, you know, Mm -hmm. that I don't care for so much. So, so how's things? What do we got to to, uh, talk about today? So this week has been, uh, well, it's been a good week for me. Interesting wise, I've been at the webinar. So I'm a member of the 20 and they have uh, what they call their propel. uh, And that is indoctrinating people into the group. And it's been a few years since I went, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go again this week and see if there's anything new. And, you know, we listened to talking about the Texan act, Texas accent. We had Tim Conkle talking for a good part of the day. And he, he just makes me, he just makes me laugh. Mr. AdWords himself? Yeah, Mr. AdWords himself. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't do that anymore, though, does he? Uh, not as a service for other people, no. Right, right. But yeah. But yeah. yeah. Decided yeah. you want so much competition after all, huh? <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. Well, and it's funny. He's, uh, you know, all I knew him before was was the AdWords, and uh, he, he only plays a dumb Texan on TV. He's a smart dude. i i don't know him personally i never had any direct interactions with him because i just was looking at it saying that that is it's too rich for my blood his his um his offering Mm -hmm. and you know for those of you who are probably 99 percent of those listening right now who don't know him he's a guy another service provider who seems to pretty much you know get a good handle on google and you know gaming the adwords system and so what he would do is um, sell a program and teach you as another person in the same business how to um, 
also, you know, take advantage of Google AdWords and get success and use it to drive tons of leads to your business. But what always stuck in my craw, to use a Southern expression, <laughs> um, and apparently a lot of other folks who were part of this group, was that he was saying like, no, no, you don't have to worry if there's other people like me in Boston. It's fine. If, if there's multiple people in the Boston area doing it, it's fine. You can all sign up. That's fine. But he wouldn't let anyone else in his little <laughs> local area sign up for the program. I'm like, dude, uh, that screams lack of integrity, if you ask me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that was my, my issue with, with him there. So. Uh, but, but it's been good. I, uh, so yesterday I was on the webinar and I was listening to one and then Elizabeth was recording our shop talk with Sublime and I was trying to help her record the webinar of ours and I had it up on my screen and one thing that she's done a couple times is you have the display screen that you're recording and then they get the headshots of us. Well, like the people who are in the webinar in that screen and I don't want them in that screen. I just want the pure webinar screen of what's happening. And so I'm like, I'm going to record it on my computer. So it'll be done right. And I recorded the video just fine, but I did not record any audio. <laughs> So, so we get to record it again. I said, uh, they got to do it again. Your, your guests have to come back. I think that's known as uh, take two. Take two. We want to take, it'll be better. It'll be better. It'll be, you know, all those places you stumbled, it'll be so much better. Take two. <laughs> and there's no, and there's no live audience that you have to deal with. So it'll be okay. Oh yeah. Those are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like how you put that in there. Uh, I recorded a webinar yesterday with no audio. You said, did you really? <laughs> like, did you? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you did. I don't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. <clears throat> so, yeah. How, um, what, else we, what else is going on in the world of uh, Sublime in Tennessee? Well, we are slowly um, figuring out how to go back to work with our clients, uh, you know, because we've got to keep, I got to keep my people safe. I got to keep their people safe. And so we are trying to, because we are an essential service, but we won't go on site if we can't be safe. Um, meaning, you know, it, like some of our clients are medical practices and they have, they may have a bunch of people in there who have, uh, you know, older or whatever. And we want to make sure that we don't bring anything in that could cause them to be sick. And also a big gathering of old people. We don't want to be with them anyway. So we want to be, so we're working with our clients that if they have an emergency or a important issue, we'll come on site as long as we can be out of the crowd you know, mm -hmm. keeping, keeping the social distance. And so far that's worked. That's worked well. Um, cool. So, but I've had some clients that are like, they're ready to go back to shaking hands and everything. I'm like, that's, mm. that's not, that's not what we're, that's not the social we're, we're allowed to go back to the work as long as we continue to social distance. That doesn't mean everything that we have been doing for the last eight weeks is now not important. It's Everything's still back to normal. We're all good. We're yeah. Done. Yeah. It's not back to normal. Uh, I mean, I, I, I shook the guy's hand who proffered it and I just, didn't touch anything else with that hand. I mean, you know, just I shake it. And then I just immediately pull out some hand sanitizer. <laughs> squirt, squirt. <laughs> yeah, no. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to insult the guy, but at the same time, you know, it's just, you're just more conscious than you have been. Cause you need to be right, right hand, now. And, yeah. Put hand sanitizer on first. And as it's still wet, then shake hands with him. So you're sanitizing his hand too. Uh -huh. So, but you know, I, it's kind of funny. I, I think that the lesser educated people are the worse they are at that, at this particular thing. Uh -huh. and of, well, and then of course you can have people who are like way over the top too, you know, yeah. you just gotta be happy medium. Yeah. I have noticed, you know, like, so I've, we've talked about how I've been using Instacart for deliveries. Oh, mm -hmm. on a public service announcement, rumor has it that Uber may soon purchase Grubhub. So oh. Grubhub being a, you know, like fast food 
pre-made food delivery order, not uh, groceries kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I will likely be deleting my Grubhub account because Uber, Uber is an evil company full of evil <laughs> people with evil intentions. Um, <laughs> they're the devil. <laughs> they're doing his work. <laughs> okay. And, and I do not profess to be a Christian. So <laughs> there, there you go. Anyway, um, they, um, yeah, so Grubhub is uh, supposedly, I'll put a link in the show notes to that too. But um, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've been getting my stuff from Instacart and I noticed the last delivery that I got, the, uh, the girl was um, not wearing a mask, not wearing any gloves. Hmm. And I'm like, all right. So I did my standard thing. Um, and that was, you know, as soon as I brought the groceries that she did, however, leave the groceries outside. But since it was an alcohol delivery, she needed to take a scan of my driver's license. Right. And so we had to get within proximity. Now, what I did is I just opened up my glass screen out, outdoor uh, storm door, right? And just kind of like held my ID out on the outside. And then, so she thanked me, went away. I opened up the door, brought everything inside, promptly brought all of it, since it's all alcohol, downstairs into my cellar, came back upstairs, not touching the door handles or whatnot, cleaned my hands. And that was three days ago. So now I should be okay to uh, go downstairs and uh, start popping open those beers. <laughs> so that's my normal procedure now is I get, you yeah. know, the groceries, anything that isn't perishable and stuff. I just goes right downstairs into the basement. Mm -hmm. I just let it sit and air out down there. Yeah. Um, but I'm still seeing a number of people, you know, I get out every day. I haven't yet today, but um, got out yesterday for my run day before I went out for about a half hour walk, still seeing plenty of people without masks, still playing plenty with, you know, the majority here are definitely wearing masks. No question. Right. Um, you know, and it's varying though. Some people are like, you know, there was one guy I was walking and he was on his set course and walking straight down the middle of the, uh, uh, the middle of the, um, sidewalk not to be deterred. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's the way you want to play it. I'll move over. Yeah. And then there's other folks like they see someone coming and they move to the other side of the street, uh, you know. <laughs> usually with some older people or parents with children, you know, like when we're approaching and it's a small sidewalk and, you know, there's like oncoming traffic, I step a few feet off the, the curb and I usually get a smile and a thank you or a nod or a wave or something. But, mm -hmm. but I was seeing, I saw a headline today where um, they're predicting some blue states may swing back red because of the, um, uh, because of the lockdowns okay, saying like, Oh, well, you're not letting us open, you know? So, and, and these are the same people who like want to head straight out to the beach today. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I'm having a lot of trouble not saying, all right, folks, it's your funeral because you know, <laughs> it is your funeral, but it's probably other people's funeral too. And that's just not right. So, yeah. Well, and there will be a resurgence just because there'll be more people encountering it when they're not completely isolated. Uh, the good news is there will be medical staff that knows how to deal with this stuff now. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. there's they've got two, two months of um, getting up to speed. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that, you know, the people that do get it, are going to survive, have a better survival rate than they had before. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, like I, I think I've said before on the show, I, part of me wants to just say, yeah, screw it, whatever, you know, like it's your funeral. But, <laughs> but it's like, it's like a DUI person, you know, they're, they're going to take someone else with them and that's just. Yeah. 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 I'm not riding with that guy, but he sure looks drunk. Yeah, you shouldn't let him drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, there you go. Well, cool. Well, on that happy note. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's talk about something fun. I see you have yeah. Google Meet in there. Oh, what? oh, Google Meet. Yeah. So, Google has rolled out Google Meet. And that's M-E-E-T. Correct. Not, not, not Google, Google Steaks. Yeah, not <laughs> 
<laughs> right. While well, they're catching it on the butcher box craze, you know, Alpha Vertify <laughs> Versified. So, uh-huh. yeah, so, they're, uh, so they've released Google Meet, which I guess their positioning as like their alternative to Zoom. Yeah. As, as opposed to Hangouts, which is like a group chat, group video chat, Google Meet would be for meetings. Maybe and we should try it next week. Well, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because for my Tuesday night Dungeons and Dragons sessions, someone suggested, hey, we should try Google Meet. And I knew that this was going to go perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) So we tried it out. And so, so of course, on, um, on the iPhone, you have to use an app for it. So I went to the app store and I looked at it and it has an average 1.5 star review. Nice. That's pretty bad for Google. They usually do. Yeah. But, but I just think it's kind of funny, like with all the Google services, there's, there's Hangouts, there's Meet, there's Duo, there was Allo, there's, you know, they've got all these services and people are sitting here looking at them like, well, which one am I supposed to use? What's the difference between the two? Yeah, see, I I just thought Meet was going to be a more robust version of Hangouts. Right. But it's not really, I did see the, um, the video quality seemed a little better on the call that we were on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I think the intention and the, some of the capabilities is different. So it's, they're, you know, offering like more like a, a group chat webinar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because you could do things like block, you could, uh, you could mute, for instance, mute a participant, which you can't do in Hangouts. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I'm working on because, um, you know, I've also been running uh, Sunday Night Deadlands, like we've talked about, just like Dungeons and Dragons. But there are just times when, you know, like someone will not mute themselves and all you hear is background noise from the kitchen. And there's so <laughs> much noise. And- yeah, well, there's so much noise that you ke- they can't even hear you saying, will you freaking mute yourself? So, you know, that's annoying. So having, you know, having whoever's running the game and in charge the ability to mute everybody else, that Mm -hmm. in and of itself is worth the price of admission. Right. I think this week we may try my my Jitsi server because I spun up a couple of Jitsi servers in AWS. Mm -hmm. And I've got one that I use for yoga and one for my own meetings. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, for small meetings and one-on-one client meetings, it's great. And it supports screen sharing and it does live audio, video calls, and stuff. So it's it's pretty slick. Cool, cool. You have to give it a try. Uh, we use Zoom's just gotten so easy for me because you build momentum. Yeah. You know, you yeah. I've, I'm using this. I, all my meetings out my my recurring meetings are already in Zoom. This yep. meeting it's on your calendar in Zoom. Yeah. This meeting. Yep. So we got to change it and then we got to change the calendar events and we got it's like, nah, let's just keep using Zoom and we'll, we'll create new meetings later. It's the path of least resistance. (laughs) So, you know, that's that's what happens. It's the incumbent, you know, the de facto standard is we use Zoom for meetings. Great. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what we do. Yep. And, you know, we don't want to try anything else. And to that end, that's why I haven't bothered trying to, um, you know, like I haven't suggested to my, uh, my, my Deadlands group that we use something else just because they all know how to use it. It's working. It's good. Don't, don't mess with it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because I have a couple of techies in there, and even when we call it the hospital, when I do my one-on-ones with my guys, um, there's one guy we try a different thing every time. Let's try, let's hangouts this day and then signal video this time and, you know, zoom the next time or WebEx, whatever. There's always a problem with this guy. He always has either the camera won't work or the <laughs> audio is terrible or it's using that mic, not this mic. And I was, I was like, you've been in tech how long now? I mean, I understand we always have audio problems, but it's like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always, there's one thing, you know, and it's always a different problem from last week. <laughs> How do you do this? You know, so, so anyway, that's, uh, that, you know, that, that's the fun, the fun report for this week. So. All right. So then, have, have Americans been stimulated by their checks? <laughs> no, they have not. <laughs> So um, I was reading today, and um, so I'm getting my news. So, so do you 
do you pay attention to mainstream media? Not really. Uh, no, I don't. The only thing, I didn't even know what TikTok was until somebody, I said, they said something about TikTok and I said, what's TikTok? And they're like, you, do you not see anything? So I had to look it up. But unless it shows up in my news on accident on my iPhone home screen, I don't know about it. Okay, got it. So you don't like watch the TV or read a newspaper or visit news websites or anything like that? No. Yeah. I generally don't, but then I will go through phases, you know, like after the 2016 election, I started paying more attention to news. And, you know, when certain like uh, after the, the, the Boston Marathon bombings and stuff. So I, I go through phases and I'm in one of them now where I am paying some attention to news. Mm hmm. And um, so when I do, though, I try to, you know, try to take a balanced approach, which is really hard these days. Um, but somehow I, I needed to create an account with the New York Times. And I tried to, well, I made up an email on my own mail server, and it's like a random string of characters. And they're like, this doesn't look like a valid email address. And <laughs> I'm like... Well, send it some mail, yeah. and let's find <laughs> out, you know, we'll yeah. see how valid send, it is. Yeah, send me an email, and I'll but reply back. But they won't let me create an account with that, so I had to actually use my Gmail account. And apparently, somehow, when I created it, I started getting their morning news briefing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, normally, I try to turn stuff like that off, and uh, but I've been looking, and, you know, a couple of these articles have been kind of interesting and relevant to what I'm interested in. So, I'm like, all right, fine. and. Yeah. Um, so this morning they were talking about uh, what Europe and North America has done as far as their governments to uh, overcome the lockdown. Mm -hmm. And unemployment claims in the United States as a percentage of the work workforce are the highest out of all of the countries surveyed, including Canada, Norway, United Kingdom, Australia, Denmark, New Zealand, France, the Netherlands, and Germany. All right. So out of all of those, we have the highest uh, unemployment rate. And one thing that's in common is that all the company, the countries with the smallest increases in unemployment, uh, for instance, Germany, who has a 0.1% increase, 0.1%, mm -hmm. not 1%. Right. 0.1% increase. Um, and Netherlands and France, what they did is they took the stimulus money and put the money into the hands of the companies, the employers. Uh huh. Which is kind of interesting because you sort of expect that kind of thing from a pro business administration like we have in the White House now. Mm hmm. But instead, Oh, the other, yeah, I have ants running around in my house and I don't know where they're getting through. I'm on the third floor and there's an ant crawling across my new computer monitor. <laughs> this is, it's annoying. Um, anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> a little distracting. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting that, you know, these countries took that and, you know, they didn't send it directly to the people and they didn't, um, you know, like send it to companies to get them to lower costs. They sent them to the employers so that the employers could keep their people employed. Mm -hmm. And that's only one data point, um, but this was a, you know, a study done by the Brookings Institute, and it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. You know? So there's definitely a correlation there. Whether that's the cause, you know, I'm not sure. But I thought that was kind of interesting uh, that uh, especially given the fact that most uh, Americans who got their stimulus check haven't spent it. They're not using it to keep the economy moving. They just put it in the savings account or pay their existing debts. Mm -hmm. Now, one could say they have to do that, you know, to like help pay your mortgage or, or you know, credit card. And maybe they would have done that anyway with their paychecks if right. they lost it. But I know a lot of people who got the stimulus checks who haven't lost their paychecks. Mm -hmm. My ex-girlfriend, she's still collecting a paycheck. She's working from home, but she got a stimulus check. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what she did with it, but like that's an example of someone, you know, my parents, they're on social security. They got their checks, mm-hmm. um, but they haven't just like gone out and, you know, bought new TVs with it or whatnot. Apparently that's, <laughs> that's what happened, I guess, what was after, um, was it after Katrina or 9-11? I forget when the Bush administration did something yeah. similar. They sent it out and most people bought new televisions with it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep America moving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so the PPP loan is supposed to help with that. I just don't know that. I don't know that it was a a big enough and it it may have been better to, instead of doing, like you said, the individual stimulus checks, add that money to the PPP because that's, you know, my, my employees, we had a, we had a company meeting this morning and the, the sense of the group is my employees are very grateful to have a job right now compared to other yeah. people. Yep. And, you know, and, and we're an essential business. So they still even felt the anxiety of they might not have a job because I mean, they are thinking about, well, my client, our clients, if they don't have work, and they can't do work, and then they can't pay us, then I can't keep my, you know, my employees. So there's definite anxiety there. So, but I'm able to keep paying them and that keeps the unemployment rate up. I mean, right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, up or down. down. Yeah. What? Yeah. It keeps it from being a problem. Yeah. They stay employed, which is, is good for the economy because, um, you know, and, and one of my guys said his daughter, the, the other, the thing is staying home, she's making more money on unemployment than she is working. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> no, that does not seem right. That does not seem right. <laughs> well, and, and she's not a, I mean, and she's not working at McDonald's. She's, yeah. she's like a, a dental medical assistant, not a hygienist, but you know, the whatever. Yeah. That really does not seem right. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's, but she, it's getting less right the more you're going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, I, I'll be glad when, when we, are, we are back in the right position because at some point it, it we'll have to. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm curious. Are you – we talked a little bit about how I think that, you know, a recession is kind of looming. Um, frankly, I'm pretty surprised at how the stock market has already, you know, shown signs of rebounding and, you know, it, this could just be, it could be going up, down, up, down again. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, are you like, like thinking worst case scenario, like what you might need to, to do? Are you, you know, like planning for the future or for a downturn? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm I'm not listening to the news, so mm-hmm. I'm not following the anxiety. So mm-hmm. I am positioning myself and my company to to move forward and be successful because there are going to be peop- there are going to be people who fail, and there are going to be people who quit, and there are going to be people who give up. Well, my plan is to pick up where they left off. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there, I think that there will be a downturn, but it's all based on emotion. It's all, you know, the right. stock market is on emotion. Right. COVID-19 is on emotion. It's all in fear. So if you, I feel like if I can overcome the fear and take advantage and are not advantage, advantage is, is a bad word, uh, make, make good use of the opportunity. I don't, I don't think advantage is bad. <laughs> no, no, but a lot of people associate that with, yeah, you advantage oh, you're taking me. advantage of me. Yes. You're, take, you're taking advantage of the situation. No, uh, I I'm looking at it as a glass half full and we're mm-hmm. going to, we're going to make lemonade. You know, there's a need as long as, as long as I can fulfill a need, I can make money. I can, yep. I can feed my family if I can help somebody else. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So, so yes, I think that there is, and I think it's because of the levels of fear and the sooner we can get people to be less fearful, then 
we can move forward. But I think there's a certain level of fear that, you know, that's, that's where the bubbles come in. People don't have right fear. They, they spend money that they don't have because they don't have the fear that, Hey, I might not get a paycheck next week. They're like, no, I get a paycheck next week, the following week, every week after that. I'll mm-hmm. never have a car wreck because I've never had a car wreck. So, you know, I, I think this will be good to balance maybe the correction in the fear. Because if we look at the baby boomers, they had great fears. And, you know, they would, uh, that's why we, you know, hoarding is a thing now because all these people that, you know, if they got anything, they would never throw it away. Right. (laughs) This toaster, it's only got three working wires in it, but it's still toast spread. (laughs) It makes a great paperweight. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, the, 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 yeah, I think, you know, definitely I'm with you on the whole, you know, fear thing, but that's the, the problem is that, you know, you can't control like the majority of the population's fear. Right. And, you know, so what I'm looking at is I'm trying to position myself so that I've got a, you know, tidy amount of savings, but I also want a tidy amount of cash on hand so that when, you know, when and if the, the, the markets start to, you know, tumble again, I can dump, jump in. You know, mm-hmm. I did that a little bit here. And, you know, since I have my managed portfolio, I don't think that they did a massive sell-off before, you know, before things started going down. It was like a, you know, buy and hold kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, while stocks were lower, I bought some Exxon and some JP Morgan, mm-hmm. uh, Chase, JP Morgan, Stanley, Chase, Dean, whatever, whatever the heck is. <laughs> yeah. um, because I, you know, those, they're going to come back. You know, I'm pretty, pretty sure about that. Uh, and I also bought some more index funds while things were, you know, fairly low on, on the dips. Now my, right. my, that Exxon stock hasn't moved too much. It's still pretty low, but the, the, the JP Morgan chase stuff has already started to, you know, climb back up again. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, you know, I'm just holding some and, uh, I am proceeding as of, um, as of two weeks from now, my tenants should be moving out and I'll be listing my rental property for sale. Yeah. So, cause you know, I'm, I'm just so ready to be done being a landlord. I just, <laughs> Don't like it. I don't like it and don't want to do it anymore. Not going to do it. <laughs> you so. know, I'd be, I, I, I'm interested to see if, if you're able to sell something in this market uh, with, the, with such uncertainty. The Boston market is still all over the place and there are still places being listed and still having offers and closings at over list price. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to do that. I'm hoping to, you know, to, to, pull in and sell my place for at least a hundred thousand over what I bought it. Frankly, I had hoped that it was going to be more, but the Medford area market doesn't move nearly as much. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hope I just, I just want to get out of that property. I, you know, have another one somewhere else, have my vacation property. Maybe once it, if it becomes a thing again, Airbnb things, I don't know. But just, you know, regular monthly tenants whom you can, you know, just, I don't know. The last ones, the ones that I have now, my first tenants and my last tenants have been great. No complaints. Um, all the ones in the middle I've had issues with. And yeah. so, so I want to start it off great. I want to end on a high note and call it a day. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm kind of where you are as far as uh, investing. So I've maintained my investing schedule as, as money comes in that is planned for investing. Then I have invested it where, you know, I've been able to buy things a little bit lower than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, so I'm still investing in the future. Mm -hmm. I've got another, you know, I've got another 40 years, God willing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Well, on that note, I think we mentioned this too. I've been looking at retirement calculators mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what to, uh, you know, like what I really need for mm-hmm. for retirement. 
And uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's just every now and then going back into that. Oh, you need, you'll need to have one point something million or this much or that much. And you know, if you're saving and spending that much and this much and stuff. So, so it's just interesting that I'm, you know, I'm doing this now. And I think I mentioned this like earlier last year, we talked about it. And um, one thing I had done was I had counted my total net worth, including my primary home, mm-hmm. which that shouldn't, you know, be part of it because you need to have your cash available, right? Yeah. And you got to live somewhere. <laughs> got to live somewhere. Exactly. So, uh, but anyway, you know, I think I'm, I'm still on track for retirement. So that's good. And, you know, I still have a fairly aggressive, you know, portfolio. So on most days, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Depending on how the, the, uh, the market is doing on any given day. So, but um, yeah, this came up in my, um, my financial management systems uh, uh, class that I'm taking right now. Okay. And some people were, because the first exercise we had to do was a personal financial statement. And I thought it was kind of interesting because uh, I was told that even though I'm the sole owner of the business, that I was not supposed to include the business assets or liability as part of my personal financial statement. And I thought that was interesting because like if I've ever applied for a loan or a line of credit or something like that, they always want to know. Yeah. (laughs) They always want to know about the business because you know, that's part of it. So it depends, you know, like some one person posted like, Hey, uh, I noticed that you put the, you know, when you were calculating the, your financial worth, you calculated the blue book value of your car, but shouldn't that be the purchase price of your car? You know, now on a (laughs) business, on a business's balance sheet, you would use, you know, under your assets, you would list the purchase price depreciation. But, um, you know, so I chimed in, I said, you know, I I don't know the answer right off the top of my head. You might be right. But the answer is like, you know, it depends on the situation and the context. You know, if we're buying an insurance policy and you want replacement value, yeah, you don't use the blue book value. You use the, you know, the purchase price value. But you know, if you're applying for a line of credit and you're going to use your car to secure against capital, you know, no self-respecting lending officer is going to say, oh, you paid $35,000 for this car, but it's only worth $5,000 now. Sure, I'll, I'll loan you $20,000 against that. Sure. <laughs> you know? So context is kind of important. You know, you've got to establish the rules that you're following, whether it's generally, generally accepted accounting practices or whatnot. So, so anyway, that's interesting. So uh, my first, my, that's my first exercise. And the, the project for this is we have to do an analysis of the financials of a you know, large company. So I chose amazon.com okay. so and reading their annual reports and looking at their income statements and their cash flow statements and their balance sheet and stuff. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting to see, see all that. Yeah. We, the numbers are a lot bigger than my own. Really? Yeah, it's funny. I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I know. I thought I thought being able. Well, actually, you know what? They're they're expressing all of these, you know, like blah 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 in billions or blah 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 in millions. If you leave out the in millions and the in billions part, pretty close. Yeah, r- right there with them. Yeah, I right got you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. All right. What else we got? So I was on my, my webinar and we were talking to a lawyer uh, and the lawyer was advising the MSPs of dealing with things in, in the environment right now, in the COVID-19 environment. And one of the things he was talking about was protecting your business uh, with your contracts and with regards specific to uh, force mayor things like what we've got going right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought they were, they were good, except he says right now, insurance companies are denying all claims, any claim that you have related to COVID-19 or in your business suffering in this environment because of force mayor, it's being denied. Well, they, they can't do that. So there are now class action suits going against these insurance companies that are essentially the groups of people coming together that, have, you know, you can't deny these claims. So that's more of a 
public service announcement there. So if you, if your business is, you know, putting this in and the insurance company says, no, denied, we're not even listening to you. Yeah. You have a real claim. That's why you have insurance. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I don't know how common that this is now, but I know years ago I had health insurance. Um, you know, I would, had, I had submissions and claims against my health insurance policies. And so I would go to the doctor for whatever service. They would submit the bill to Blue Cross, Blue Shield or whatnot, and they would immediately just reject the claim. Denied. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I would have to call the doctor's office and tell them to resubmit it again. Uh-huh. Because out of habit, there was just a standard practice that they would just, boom, deny everything. Deny claim. everything the first time. Right. And I'm like, wow. It's like, it's like gray listing for email filtering. You know, it's the, you know, the email comes in, new, new, new email address, n- never seen that server before. We'll, we'll deny it. If it's legit, you'll try again in a little bit. Yeah. And um, so I don't know if they're doing something like that, but there's a precedent. I've definitely seen this sort of behavior before. It doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the other part that they were notifying in or talking about in that, because these businesses that may be having trouble and they may be having bankruptcy or going into some level of bankruptcy, they have what's called a clawback. Are you familiar with that? (laughs) No, but I love the sound of it already. (laughs) You love the sound of it. Okay. So you're an MSP. I am a failing medical practice. Well, I've got to pay you because my computers are the only thing keeping this failing business afloat. So I have to pay you. So for the last 90 days, I've paid your bill every time on time. And June 1st, I file bankruptcy. Well, the bankruptcy court is then going to come to you and say, I need the last 30 days of payments that you've received from my, from Adam, the medical practice who has been filed for bankruptcy. I need that money back. Why? I don't have that money. You've got to give it back because there are other debtors that we have to pay with that money. (laughs) That is clawback. So if you get a whiff of somebody going in bankruptcy, yeah, you listeners, you, to, you can't see my face right now. But. <laughs> you need to bail, bail, bail. Because I actually had this happen to me. This wasn't theoretical. This this happened to me. I had a construction company that um, that they went bankrupt, and but the thing was, they didn't actually pay me for my last ninety days. They wanted me to pay it back to the bankruptcy. I said, uh, 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 uh. I didn't receive the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not giving you money for that. I haven't even, you know, you can't claw back something that wasn't given in the first place. Yeah. But had they paid me, you know, for those, for those 90 days, I would have had to come up with it and give it back to them. Uh, uh, <laughs> that just reminds me of, um, this is like 10 years ago. I had a client, uh, who died and, um, it was leading up to, he actually, well, he committed suicide. And uh, leading up to it, he was involved in a very nasty divorce proceedings. And uh, so the widow, widower, widower, the survivor, the wife, mm-hmm. um, she sucked an attorney on everyone she could, including me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after he died, they were like, they had been overdue in paying their bills anyway. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things we were providing for them was website hosting. So, I shut it down. It was like, well, I'm not going to get paid. They're already overdue. So, there you go. Yeah. And their lawyer emailed us and threatened me for, you're like, you can't stop services. And I was just like, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I just did. <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? It's like, yeah. I don't, I don't believe I'm under any, uh, any, uh, 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 obligation to provide, you know, website hosting services for free. Yeah. I don't see that anywhere in my charter. So yeah. 
But what they were doing was even after he had died, they were trying to keep it quiet because they were still collecting prepayments for procedures that he was going to be doing. Oh, and, no. And the lawyer was in on this and was like, no, we'll just keep, we'll just keep collecting for you. That's, that's fair. Uh, so, yeah, scumbags, they exist. They're out there. <laughs> they, they are out there. They are out there. <laughs> and there's your title for the episode. <laughs> scumbags, they are out there. <laughs> the truth is out there. The scumbag is out there. But, so. you know, in throughout history, there was like bankruptcy jails, debtor prisons, and things like that. How have, oh, we, yeah. come, how have we come to the place where somebody can go bankrupt they can do be a bad actor, go bankrupt, and the the people the debt that they owe to their debt you know debtors I mean the debt or whoever the service provider how how is it that we suffer for them being bad actors? That's not right. <sighs> That's called living in a society. <laughs> but you know before and you know the thing is they're going to come out they're going to have a clean slate in so many years they'll have a clean slate and they can go over and, and do it do it all over again yep yeah and uh guess what one of those people is in the white house <laughs> <laughs> yeah he has filed bankruptcy a bunch of times <laughs> <sighs> brother yeah what a good example uh, anyway, <laughs> so, all right, we're starting to slide right. downhill. <laughs> we should we should start pulling this around, and uh, I know just like my yep. full uh, real estate uh, 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 ventures. So, so um, I have a nifty for this week. Okay, and I took a look at that nifty. Yeah, what do you think? I like it. I, I used I, it. You did? What'd you I make? I made a uh, a noose knot. A noose knot. A noose I thought knot. we were going to end on a high note. <laughs> I didn't say it was a hangman's noose knot. Oh. Noose knot. Okay. Okay. So I made a um, yeah. So I, out on my back on my patio, I have a um, uh, little uh, deck, uh, um, you know, uh, table with an umbrella in the middle mm -hmm. of it. Yep. And sometimes it gets really, really windy, and when that happens, that uh, that umbrella could blow right over. Right. Even, even when it's completely retracted and stuff. So I had tied the only type of knot I know how to do, which is like the same, you know, bow knot like you do on your, your shoelaces. Right. Is, it's a some purpose, but it's not an all purpose knot. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, all right, I got to figure out how to actually tie a knot correctly and stuff. So I went to animated knots and I found the, uh, the, the formula for a noose knot, which gets tighter. The more you, the more you tug on it, the tighter it gets. Right. That's what I want because what I had done was, you know, I essentially I had tied it, tied the uh, the the pole of the umbrella to my um, the deck railing, right. so that if a big wind comes along, the pole is still, you know, fastened right down to the to the railing. But eventually, that would come loose, or what would happen is like it would pull it a little bit away and then the wind would ease up and it would, it would introduce slack and suddenly now there's no tension on the thing and so it's not mm -hmm. doing anything. Wind comes along, the umbrella's flapping around in the breeze again. Mm -hmm. So I tied a noose knot on that and lo and behold, it's nice and tight and it's not moving. So nice. I was like, that's pretty slick. So yeah, animatednots.com, that's knots with a K. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, great little website, free, and uh, there's probably some ads on there or something. But a yeah. uh, great little uh, animated knots, step-by-step, -step, how to tie different kinds of knots. And so it's like, yeah, that's pretty slick. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I'm going to book, bookmark that one because uh, my my MO is to use an overhand knot, which is the, the first knot that you do when you're tying your shoe. Okay. More or less. And a whole bunch of those will tie down anything. Yes, and, but it's, you may, and you also may never untie it. <laughs> yes, yes, you are correct. Because yes. no, I, I, have, I have many iterations of a slip knot that I'll do, but sometimes I can't figure out. I ha, sometimes I have to do it like two or three times to get it drawing the way that I want it to draw. 
And yes. I'm like, I'm like, I just, and I, I have bought little booklet knot tying things so that I have them in my backpack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I ever, I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to tie this. I can dig it out. But what I like about this with the animated knots.com is if you're tying two ropes together, they've got a red one and a blue one. And they also show it to you in action rather than you're looking at a diagram. Cause sometimes diagrams, even though it's a picture, you can still get a little confused. You're like, Oh yeah. Uh, I I had to you know to revisit uh, over and over the you know looked at the uh, the, the noose knot several times before I got it right mm-hmm. and I looked at it and I realized like oh, okay that actually kind of makes sense okay that's pretty cool so, yeah the only one that I do well is I can do a good square knot where I tie two ropes together I can do that one fine every time but that one's not a very complicated knot right that one's pretty straightforward so um, but hey it's good to you know it's good to know so if you're looking for a knot or if you're you know if you're like me trying to tie a you know your bow knot or your uh i guess i know how to tie a tie too you know i can do the whatever you know a windsor knot i guess you know but that's yeah. not generally not something you do i suppose that could work though windsor mm-hmm. knot would also work to uh to tie down cables you know Maybe I've never tied one other than on my neck. Yeah, but I mean that that gets tightened when you when you tug on it. So yeah. that might that'd be interesting. Different <laughs> applications. You don't generally see that. So. Yeah. Your knot kind of looks like a tie. Yeah, but it's holding in place. So hey, <laughs> <laughs> that might be another one that might be a little difficult to untie it though. You know, <laughs> that's a Texas bolo, boys. <laughs> All right, cool. Do we have anything else or should we wrap this up? I think we can wrap it up. Let's do that. I'll let you take us out. Okay. Well, listener, we thank you for joining us today. Let's see here. We do, we would like some feedback from you. And if you would like to discuss a particular topic, then you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. We can chat about it on the show or we could add it to the website or whatever. So if you like what you're you're hearing, drop us a line. Otherwise, I think it's time for somebody to push the the big red button. button. (laughs) <laughs> and talk over each other. Talk over each other. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.